Welcome to Optimal Self, the art of becoming the best version of you. Join us as we talk with extraordinary people who are on the journey to living to their optimal self. We dive deep into their minds to learn what they do on a daily basis to create optimal results. They share their tools and insights so you can implement them into your own life to become the best version of you. Here's your host, Jeremy Herriter. All right, welcome back to Optimal Self Conversations, where we talk to incredible people who through adversity, grit, and persistence are forging the path to being the best version of themselves. And they join us, as you know, to give you the tools to do the same. Today, you all are in for a treat, man. I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're listening to this, but stick around because today we have Evan Stewart and he is a serial entrepreneur, investor, venture consultant with a knack. You ready for it? For growing people-oriented, profit-rich organizations. He's a firm believer in leaving individuals and companies better than they were found. His mission is this simple, and, and those of you guys who pay attention, you'll know this is why he's here and joining us today, is to create a world in which people are inspired by their potential, motivated by their progress, and fulfilled through their life's work. Man, Evan, you know, the pre-show, it was, it was great to get to talking to you, but thank you so much for being here today, man. We appreciate it. Well, thank you so, so much for having me, Jeremy. I, I was looking forward to this. And, you know, it, it's always a, a fun time when you're actually planning something exciting. But now that we're here, we actually get to have this great conversation. And if pre-show is anything uh, indicative of how this conversation is going to go, then I think it's going to be a, a really good time. So thanks so much for having me on. Man, man, again, yeah, ditto, man. I'm, I'm excited for it. So so let's give the audience a little bit of background, right? Because you've had some really great success in multiple industries you know, obviously currently today, they can see it ticking across the bottom as you guys that follow along on, on, on YouTube, you're the CEO of Basewell. But let's give a little background. Like who is Evan Stewart? Yeah. You know, in, in layman's terms, I'm a, I'm a simple guy that likes to work hard and understand. <laughs> I, I wish there was a, a, a sexier explanation, but you know, I, I think when we boil away the titles and the accomplishments and the things that you've done and the things that you failed at and the lessons that you've learned, I'm a normal guy that likes to work hard and and make make things happen. Ever since I was young, I noticed that there would be uh, inconsistencies in the world around me or things that I would want or something I would want to do. And I, I did it. I've never been the biggest guy in the room, never been the smartest from a, you know, my brother's a biomedical engineer. That's not really my line of work. And so, you know, I've never thought in a, in a one plus two plus three format. And so I, I've, I've never really just how I was built. I, I was always kind of put in this position of being a little bit overlooked, a little bit of the underdog. And some of that may have been self-inflicted, right? I didn't start hitting a gym until after college. That was probably my fault. Uh, but but some of that I, I do think is just the nature of our reality, which is as you go through these stages in life, most of the times people don't want to hear about what you're speaking to. They want to hear about what you've done. And when you haven't really done much, there's not much to really listen to. And so I was getting frustrated that people around me weren't listening to my ideas when in reality, I didn't realize I was too naive to realize that people look at results and not ideas. And so at the end of the day, that's that's really what it comes down to is I noticed that there were trends around me that I wanted to take advantage of, uh, that there was an entrepreneurial spirit inside of me that I wanted to embark upon, uh, and that there were problems around me that I believed I could solve and started solving them. <laughs> and that led to where we are today and uh, led to this conversation, I suppose. Yeah, you said a couple of really important things in there is 
Well, one specifically that I want people to, that I hope they heard is being the underdog sometimes is my fault, right? See, people, that alone, those those that listen to this know me very well in the, in the fact that I, I truly believe that in order for you to unlock your potential as a human, whatever it is, you have to be willing to take responsibility for everything in your life, everything, where you sit, what your bank account looks like, the car you drive, the relationship you're in, everything. Because what most people listening to this are, are adults at some point. And again, I'm not trying to downplay, you know, anything that's happened in people's lives from traumatic things and, and all of that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when I sit in that chair today, you know, the moment that you will take responsibility for everything in your life, you literally unlock a new potential for yourself. You unlock your own power to have anything in your life. And so when you say, yeah, man, I was, you know, I was the underdog, but some of it might've been my fault, right? It's like, yeah. That alone tells me, oh, wow, you're on a different plane than most. And that's probably what led to, to success at times where I wasn't worried. I wasn't looking for somebody to hand me something. I was looking at, and that sounds to me like to solve a problem. Because you just said, wait, wait, wait. And I realized no one's listening to my ideas because mm-hmm. they want results. Well, so, everybody has great ideas, right? right? I mean, you're an ex-professional athlete. You know, when you look at the athletic world, uh, I've worked with a lot of athletes, never, never been a professional athlete myself, but I've worked with athletes when I was in, like we talked about real estate. I, I did a lot of relocation for uh, individuals that were in uh, MLB and, and NFL. And one of the things that I believe is, is a pattern of consistency there as well, which translates to business is just the responsibility factor that didn't initiate from me that initiated from my father, who is an entrepreneur, come from a line of entrepreneurs where when I was growing up, if I, let's say I wanted something, right, wanted to buy something, you know, I would still get gifts and he would still buy things for me. But the vast majority of the time, he would give me an opportunity to work for the thing that I wanted. So I remember when I was in, in high school, right? Now I'm in Texas, right? So denim's like a thing in high school, right? So I wanted these jeans that I think they were a hundred bucks or something. But of course, you know, I, th- at the time that like blew my mind, like a hundred dollars. And, uh, for he said, well, but he said, I've got yard work to do. I've got work around the house to do. I have friends that have things, you know, I've got these things that need to be done. And if you'd like to labor for them, then yeah, I'll pay you. And then you can spend the money on those jeans or whatever the heck you want. And that's what I did. And so growing up, I think it, it begins, obviously there's a little bit of nature and nurture, but the important thing is responsibility are, are environments that you're thrust into in which you have to make a decision. And sometimes there are people around you that will, in, in a very soft way, move you into those environments to where you can start building that muscle, right? Nothing would have happened if I would have said no at the time. There's no real consequence of that decision, which is the beauty of it. Uh, you can start to learn, okay, this is what it takes to earn. This is what it takes to produce. This is what it takes to solve a problem. This is what real labor feels feels like I can come home in middle school sweaty at the end of the day on a weekend when all my friends are hanging out and going out and, and playing and naturally do work. And I believe that actually played a big role into where I, I'm working on today, where frankly, with you and the work that you've done as an athlete, you can go back to your responsibility, you know, wanting to actually put in the time when others wouldn't. I mean, there's, there's so many times we can look back and say, okay, but there's a distinction. There's a distinction on this, actually. Responsibility is not just for the positives. It's also for the negatives. And there's a beauty 
in choice and taking responsibility for the choice. So I, I'm going to say something which might sound a little bit counterproductive, but but I think this is an important dialogue because a lot of times you're really good on your show about opening up authentic discussion. But, you know, a lot of times the we'll call it a blanket term self-help is out. Well, here's the thing. Um, the other day I went out with a friend I hadn't seen in a long time and I made the diligent choice and responsibility to have two beers at dinner. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but I'm a person that never really drinks and beers aren't exactly good for you, etc. Now, I think it's really important to take responsibility and say, I'm willfully choosing and I'm okay with the decision to do something that's complacent, something that's mediocre, or make a decision that goes against a narrative. Okay, so I use my two, but let's zoom out for a second and use an example of choosing to rest, choosing to hang out at home instead of go out with uh, friends choosing to settle for a certain income bracket if that fulfills your needs. I'm not saying to settle. This is an important distinction. I'm not saying to choose complacency over growth or mediocrity over growth. What I'm saying is that it goes both ways. And once you, like you said, you unlock the ability to choose and accept and take responsibility for that choice and acceptance, whatever that is, that gives you the power to move around in that. So if I'm willing to say, hey, $100,000 or $80,000 a year satisfies everything I need. I work for a company and time in the gym, and this is fulfilling my desires. If that's a choice that you're willing to make, that fulfills what you're looking for, and you can get out of life what you're looking for there, and you can still grow within that framework, there's nothing wrong with being there and not being the multi-million dollar producer if you take responsibility for that choice and can move around in that environment. So uh, I, I know I kind of started one, where, one way and ended another, but, but I believe that actually goes back to the topic at hand, which is there's a lot more to responsibility than just I make a decision and it equals growth. Sometimes there are other factors at play as well, right? That's well said. Yeah, you bring up a really good point with what you said is what we call it a lot in Optimal Self when we, when we do these, these group coaching and I try to get people to understand is that every single thing that we do in our lives, mm-hmm. we as humans justify the behavior before we do it. Everything. The guy who robbed the bank, right? He has justified that behavior before he does it. All the way down, you could go to some really extreme measures, right? Extreme things. If you go, wow, there's no such thing as spontaneity. That's not true. That is a falsity that they want you to believe. No, you have justified it in your head to do or take or have that action prior to you doing it. And it's usually blaming it on somebody else, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we just, another real estate company found a person they had a long time there had been embezzling the money, right? And it got brought to my attention because <laughs> so they, they were asking some, some questions, right? They needed some coaching through it. They, sure. And so we had this conversation and I said, well, just so you know, they've already justified that behavior. They said, what do you mean? He's stealing from us. I said, yeah, but I guarantee you he's saying things to himself. Like I earn this. I deserve it. They don't pay me enough. I worked overtime, whatever he's doing, he's justifying the behavior. So get to the bottom of that first. I mean, I mean, obviously you got to fire him and you got to do those things, but I I want you to speak to this because you said it is that, yeah. Do I know that having a couple drinks, you know, the other night at the wedding that I was, was it, was it going to be detrimental to my following day? For sure. No question. Was I going to be at my, no, I wasn't, but I justified the behavior, right? It was once, once in a while, 
That's all our friends. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Right. And so you start justifying the behavior. And you know, I, I think it's it, to your, your point, your word of justification. I think the, we talked a little bit before the show about actionable, right. And to take something and actually apply it because just wanting doesn't actually do anything. And, and let, let's actually interrupt that word justification before we put it around. There is a shift that I made that revolutionized how I think about things, which is to make the decision or in your words, uh, justification after. Okay. You said it perfectly. It was a perfect setup for this and you didn't even know it. You said we start before, right? So in my friend where I go, I'm going to have two beers with my friend. How did I justify that before? I don't really drink. So I can say, okay, I don't drink. Like, so therefore I've got space for this. It was a rest day. So therefore it can be, and so you kind of, therefore your way into, again, that's not a really big example, but I'm not a crazy person and I don't do heroin. So, you know, two beers is kind of my example, but if, if you make the decision after, right. So, so the thought process, and this goes back to the positive habits and building positive momentum, going to the gym when you don't want to eating right when you don't want to having a, a Jocko fuel instead of a Red Bull, right. Having doing things that are better decisions in the micro sense, when it comes to an income, making those five extra calls, if you don't want to that type of thing make the decision after. So I, I started finding that I would justify my way out of doing the things that were productive. And then what I would reap would be a harvest that I wouldn't actually want. And so I have decided that I'm going to go first. I'm going to initiate the action first, do it, and then decide if it was a good idea or a bad idea after the fact. And some ideas are a bad idea, right? There are some times where, uh, you know, those of you listening, I'm not calling anybody out, but we have all been environments where you get out of that environment and you say, probably not the best idea of my life to, to be in that environment, initiate that, but make the decision after, because in a positive standpoint, if you do something that deep down, you know, is good for you, this eliminates the opportunity to justify your way out of growth. And it then builds habits and momentum. You almost trick your brain. Hey, I I don't want to go to the gym, but I'm giving myself permission to feel like that was crap after the fact. I just have to do this one thing first. It's okay, brain. You can feel like it's crap. I can. I don't want to do it. I'll do it after. And what happens is often, we all know the result, right? You get done with that. You go, you know what? I'm really glad I was here today. I was tired. I didn't lift my weight. I'm really glad I was here today. I showed up at work. I made those extra calls. Maybe I didn't get that closed deal, but I'm really glad that I built that momentum today. And that's the mentality that you want for that sustainable growth. Yeah, that's beautifully said. There's a there's a great quote from a Harvard psychologist, uh, Jerome Bruner, and he says, "You're more likely to act yourself into feeling than feel yourself into action." Mm, that's good, right? And, and that's what you're saying, though. It's like, yeah, man. There's days when I don't want to do it, especially the things that I know that I should get done. Right? Mm-hmm. The get up in the morning and get some movement in. Right? Our principle one is hydration. That the very first thing that goes into our body is, you know. 16 to 24 ounces of water, a pinch of Himalayan sea salt and lemon, right? To, to actually, so we get some absorption with the Himalayan sea salt and we go through the whole thing with, with our principles. And the reason is, is, is like what you're saying though, is that I believe, and I want you to speak to this because this is something that, that I think you're in alignment with is that I believe that when you're looking at something that in order for me to have greatness, I have to start against somewhere, the smallest things, right? James Mm. Clear calls it atomic habits. You know, Duhigg has his stuff as well when you talk about it. But there's an awesome quote. It's behind me. Miyamoto Mustashi says, if you know the way broadly, you will see it in everything. Mm -hmm. And what where that hits me is that, you know, excellence in anything increases your potential in everything. Mm -hmm. So now if I can get you up every morning and say, okay, hey, look, like, I know it's going to be tough. I know you got the kids and we're back to school and this and blah. You know, I mean, we can go down the list of what everybody has to do in the morning. 
And I said, but hold on a second. I need, I need 30 seconds of your life, right? I need 16 ounces of water, pinch of Himalayan sea salt and, and a half a squeeze of lemon, cut that lemon, get it ready, squeeze it in. That's the first thing that goes into your body before the coffee, before the Jocko fuel, before the Red Bull, before the whatever it is you choose to use, right? Like I'm, I'm into it. I love coffee, bro. Like bring it. But I also know that the, the control center, which is my brain, right? It needs to be hydrated. The only way that that thing fires correctly is if it has all it needs to do so. Now, so if I, it, it, and I want you to speak and I want your thoughts on, look, again, anything that you do, if you, you know, excellence in anything, anything will increase your potential in everything. Yes, I totally agree with that. Hey listeners, it's Jeremy. Just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. And I wanted to take a quick break from the episode and remind you that at www.optimalself.today, you can gain access to our free, did I say it, free identity creator course, plus right now two bonus downloads that will forever change the way you go to bed and wake up in the morning. Did I mention that this is all free? It is for a limited time. Thank you guys again for listening. And again, the website is www.optimalself.today. Now let's get right back to the episode. And I believe it's important for all of us to remember that all uncommon things begin with common people. Because we'll often put individuals and we'll put circumstances and we'll put companies and we'll put whatever it is that you inadvertently look up to on a pedestal. And then again, going back to your word of justification, we can justify, well, Jeff Bezos was successful in Amazon because he hit it right before the internet blew up. And, you know, you, we can go back to it. But at the end of the day, it's really not complicated. It's just the answer that people don't want to hear, right? You do one thing, you do one thing consistently for probably five to eight to 10 years. And that is the majority of your focus during that time. And in that focus, it will allow you to elevate in other areas, right? Just like you said, I'm a big believer in water is the very first thing you have, even if you're going back to bed that day, because you just want to relax and get when you're awake. As soon as I wake up, even if I accidentally wake up in the middle of the night, I'm getting a glass of water just because I want to keep that hydration, right? I believe in the importance of going to the gym and maintaining that physical health because when I have, if, especially my self-employed people out there, a lot of real estate agents listen to optimal self, right? Especially my real estate agents out there, the identity of your business will never outpace the identity of yourself. So if you're not building yourself, how do you expect to stay competent and relevant in your business? Right? I'm a big believer in that. And so, but it, it does come down to choosing excellence, which really is choosing to be disciplined versus undisciplined, right? I don't like the word consistency because most of us are consistent in things that are just producing consistent results, right? I'm consistently eating the wrong things, consistently binge watching the wrong shows, et cetera. Uh, so discipline is the word there. You're, you're really choosing discipline, which in, in a nutshell is choosing excellence over a lack of discipline. And, and the caveat to that is you're also being disciplined you just start with one thing and it doesn't have to be very big. It has to be consistent, just consistent and disciplined in one thing. If it's getting up water, pinch of salt, lemon, and just do that one thing for a month. And if it's, I'm going to the gym, I don't, I don't even care if you work out yet. Just literally get a gym membership and walk in every day. Just, just, just start with that little baby step because that starts to build your confidence to recognize, Hey, you know what? I can actually keep the promises that I make to myself, which means I have to put a little bit further and then eventually you're going to, going to start pushing so much further past what you knew that you start to truly enter that growth zone of having tough conversations, speaking to new individuals for your, I mean, whatever your goal is, I'm trying to be broad here. You know, my experience really comes down to business, but you know, I, I totally believe that for sure. I think that's a very true statement. 
Yeah, because you said it though. I know that you're going, yours is business, but again, your business grows to the extent that you grow. You said it in a different term to the, to the real estate agents, but you said a word that I, that I, I love to, to riff on, uh, mm-hmm. especially with, with guys like you who are successful, who have built, had, had success in multiple areas. Mm-hmm. And now here you are, but still, right. You're, when you say things like, leave it better than I found it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if people really thought that way, okay, like great when you go sleep over at your friend's house. Cause I remember my grandfather telling me, Hey, you're going over there. You leave that place better than, than you found it. You do not leave a dish out. You don't leave your socks on the floor. You don't leave. Right. And so my point though, is, is that if we really thought like that with each other, <laughs> like leave each other better than you found them. Right. Like, and that sometimes is just simply a smile. Mm-hmm. It's literally walking down the street and or in a store or whatever, and you catch it, whatever, and you see somebody and you just give them a smile. And they're like, oh, hey, you know, and then they'll usually wait back and you just change stuff. You just, in that moment, you just completely change somebody's state. Because again, is every day and every moment perfect? Hell no. Do we all struggle? Yes. Are there days when I don't want to get my ass out of bed? Yes. <laughs> like, let's be clear, Evan, probably more than the ones where I fly up and can't wait. Oh, sure. <laughs> the barbells, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So how do you keep yourself on that target? Right. Because you said it in the beginning a little bit by just, all right, look, I'm just going to do something. I'll figure out if it was the right thing later. Like I'm going to take action. But how do you keep yourself? And you and I both agree we both hate the word motivation. So it's not motivated. It's not motivation is bullshit. Mm-hmm. But how do you keep yourself going? It's literally just a choice for, uh, I, I use the word discipline, but choose what you want to be disciplined in, right? And so I'm a big believer in not speaking about it, but but doing something about it. And so the, the typical reaction to things that aren't positive is you voicing an opinion that something's not positive. Oh, this workplace sucks. And Nancy from accounting is really, you know, riding up about or all you start vocalizing, expressing yourself. I believe that it actually takes a step back and begins with, if you walk into any environment, recognizing that you have power to leave a positive and sustainable impact, then it starts, it immediately shifts your perspective into, okay, now that I'm not the victim mentality and being affected, but I have the power to actually affect change. Even, if you're a considerable lower level position in a company or you're just getting started as an entrepreneur or you're just getting to the gym for the first time or whatever it is, you have the power to actually create some type of significant and positive and lasting change. And so it's a discipline to the reality that I'm going to be disciplined in my ability to recognize and then to act. And so you said it could be as small as a smile. I I think it doesn't have to be big, right? Today's day and age, typically people think, oh, to leave someone better than I found it. Well, I got to drop some knowledge bombs on you, dude. People who say that they're dropping knowledge bombs are people who built a click funnel, made $300,000 and then want to talk to you about it. That's really what it comes down to. People that have built really large, sustainable, lasting companies are not people that are trying to go and drop knowledge bombs, but they are trying to find ways to better the world around them. Because if you look at the beauty and the breadth of humanity and each individual's different perspective, I want everyone in my company giving me perspectives on how we can improve, right? If I'm trying to build a culture, you used to, some of my phrasing earlier in the introduction about inspiration, fascination, motivation. If you're inspired and fascinated and motivated by where you live, where you work, who you live with, and you live with, it's mentally change your perspective on how you interact with the people and things around you. 
Okay, so if I'm trying to build a workplace, which is the vast majority of our day-to-day, so why isn't that where we're spending our focus on creating an environment that actually invigorates instead of depletes? If I'm focused on my environment, I want everybody in my office space talking to me about what they see and what they think. Not in the negative, uh, necessarily, unless there's a problem, right? But, but, But in the positive of, hey, Jeremy, I really love this, this, and this about the office. Or, hey, I noticed that there's this type of cultural interaction. I know you think it is this way, but it actually looks like this way. I want everyone's perspective so that way it eliminates the echo chamber. You talked about being the smartest person in the room. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room at all. In fact, I've really grown into a a type of, uh, I guess, just rhythm of being very, very quiet when I when I entered these new rooms, you know, I, I went through a period of time where I had a little bit of, uh, of success in some of my other exits and was on some stages and a lot of shows and a lot of environments, which I'm, I'm all about. You know, obviously I like podcasts. That's why I'm here. But I started getting into this rhythm where I was doing so much more speaking than I was listening. And I recognized that that's really detrimental in the long term because you can truly learn from everyone. And for those of you that are, let, let me speak to my business professionals for a second. To those of you, like, let's, uh, well, here, let's go all the way down to, to real estate because you have a lot of real estate people that listen to this show. One of the best things that I ever did when I started my real estate, uh, well, I started as an agent and built a, a brand and then eventually sold, you know, exited the brand. But when I started was when people didn't want to work with me, I would take them out to dinner specifically to talk about why they didn't want to work with me. And you want to talk about some sensation? Someone does you and you ask them why that person will tell i don't care if they are if they have that full day they will tell you exactly why they don't like you but here's the beauty of it that mistake may have cost you that listing or that business opportunity or whatnot but it's just that one if you can fix it and when you're willing to think to yourself how can i leave this environment better than i found it part of it is being equipped with the knowledge necessary to make the action by eliminating that echo chamber that you're in in order to actually do the positive change that you believe you're set out to. Someone says, hey, Jeremy, man, you came up and you gave this and take, but this really rubbed me the wrong way. This is not my thing. Okay, well, you go, man, I didn't think it. Thank you for telling me. I didn't realize that it came off that way. And now in your mind, you're thinking, okay, how can I do this differently, better? And then you start to tweak, 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 and eventually you eliminate some of that craziness. So, you know, as a real world example of where that could potentially play out in the day to day. That's, <laughs> that is tough. I had a we had a, a gentleman who's actually a good friend of mine who's a who's a who's a, a syndicator, mm, and yeah. one of the things that he he talked about was he actually put it on the on the podcast and he said, "Hey, the three people who love you the most, send them an email. Say, hey, I will not respond to this, but basically, what do I need to work on? Who you know what what are my what do you see are my strengths and what do you see are my weaknesses mm-hmm. and." I'll be honest with you. The thought of that is frightening, That's right? Scary. Because because yeah. most of us don't want to know because you don't want to hear the things that, because again, we take everything as like a wrong or a right, as opposed to being able to, to learn from it. Right. But part of what that does is, and you've used this word a couple times and you clearly have this when just your tone, uh, your posture from the moment we, we met, like talking, there's a confidence to you. There's a confidence that comes from your voice. Hmm. And I have many, many thoughts on this, but I want to know for you, because when I hear it, I look for things. Where do you feel like that comes from? Because a lot of these people, a lot of the things that I get are like, man, I just don't have the confidence to do this. So where does that come from for you? Because you clearly have it. I appreciate that. I think that that actually 
again, see this, this is why you're so good with your show is you have these segues and you, you link together things really, really well. Your previous statement about working through people don't want to have those hard conversations that is well linked conversation about confidence, right? At some point in time, you're going to have to confront your reality. I want to choose how I confront my reality. If my reality is that I'm, I'm, I'm out of shape and my business is failing, then I need, I want to choose to confront that before it actually becomes the reality that confronts me, which is, uh oh, your children are hungry, right? And so you set these thresholds of what becomes a non negotiable. In that situation, I would probably justify things that I wouldn't normally do in order to get out of that situation, right? So, but the non negotiable is I don't want to get there. So the confidence comes from, and this is probably a different answer than you're expecting because a lot of people expect, oh, you built the business and now you know you can do it. And actually, I think that's bullshit. I think the confidence comes from getting beat down again and again and again. And again, and again, I don't believe that confidence comes from succeeding. Why? I know a lot of people that are really successful that have no confidence. I know a lot of people that did super well in school that have no confidence. I know a lot of people that happened to be in the right place in the right time, because it does happen. And they built a $30 million business and they sold it and they have no confidence. I believe confidence comes from waking up every day, getting beat down the dirt and waking up every day again and getting beat down. And then one day, all of a sudden you walk out your door and you don't get hit in the face and you go, whoa, that's interesting. Like today, you know, you walk out and you're all scared and, and beat in the face can look like you're on your thousandth cold call without any, any work. Beat in the face can look like you're not making any progress at the gym because you don't have enough calories. Beat in the, it, it can look like whatever it looks like. The confidence for me came from what I call threads of consistency, which are, if you look back at the roadmap that you've taken, there's a pretty clear cut path through the grime and the mud. And I start to look at what's the, the consistency that's been threaded through how I've made it to where I'm at. So the confidence isn't from doing and being a success in this area, the confidence really comes from failure area. Okay, I can now have more confidence because I now know that this wall exists. I know where it exists. And now I have to find the edges of it. And so if you're walking around in the dark, think about it like this. You're walking around in the dark. No one's turning on lights. This isn't some metaphor about the lights turn on and your world gets great. No, the room's dark and it's staying dark because that's how it is as an entrepreneur for quite a while. You're walking around in the dark well, at first, you're going to be really concerned that it's dark. You're not going to want to move. You're nervous, but eventually you got to move. So you start putting your hands out and you start feeling for, oh, there's a, some furniture here and there's a wall here. After a while, when you're in the dark, you're going to be able to move faster, move more efficiently and not think about it. It'll become reflexive because you've been in there for a while. You start to recognize where the items are and you can move around them. Well, it's the same thing in our journey is as we're building up towards something great. We start to recognize where these metaphorical items or walls or roadblocks, or whatever metaphor you want are. So I now have the confidence to say, okay, I have to do this again. I, I won this deal. Got to win another deal. And now I know that there's a wall right there. So I can move a little faster. And now I know when to turn right. And if you do that long enough, again, a five to eight to 10 year consistency or discipline, if you do that long enough, then it gives you confidence to recognize, hey, I don't longer have to be fearful of how I'm moving in the day to day for two reasons. A, I've been beat down enough that I know what it feels like and I know how to get back up which gives me confidence to not be afraid of getting beat down. And B, as I embark on this, I'm willing to know that there are walls that exist that I know about and I know how to move around them. And that combination a lot more confident than, well, hey, I, I did this thing successfully and therefore, because that's, I think, really what rewires our DNA, so to speak. Mm, dude, you are, oh man, you said so many great things and I, I want to touch on them, but mm -hmm. I use the word champion a lot. And I'm not only saying champion, like the person who won the gold medal at the Olympics or, you know, the NFL team that, you know, Tom Brady throwing the, the touchdown pass. Like, yes, they are champions, but 
the only thing that separates in everyday life from you being a champion, and, I, and I'm saying you are a champion just, just in everything that you're doing, is that champions are willing to lose. You see, most people aren't willing to lose, just like you said, right? You said your confidence is not from the success. The confidence is, get, is knowing that I'm willing to lose, but I know that I'm going to get up and go again. And so you said it, and I say this, I've probably said this a gajillion times in, in my life because people ask me that quite, I, I talk about it a lot, is I said, but confidence is only earned. There is no other kind of confidence. You might look at it, and if it's unearned, it comes off as arrogance. And most of those people, when you get behind it, they fail. They'll fall, you know, for real, because it's usually a mask. It, when you're totally, arrogant instead of confident, right? Confidence correct. is humility. It's a big difference. Ego. Right. Exactly. And you also said in, in the confidence is threads of consistency. And I think that's where we use the word a lot and consistency is flown around everywhere. I mean, every single meme, every single wealth or mindset motivator, you know, page has, you know, consistent. And, and, and again, you and I are aware and, and the people who are listening because we do say it and, it and it is true, but the consistency for us is being the best version of you, your business. Again, the businesses that you grew, the businesses that you built and exited for a profit only grow or only get there. If you grow, if the, if you are ultimately becoming the best version of you, right. Right. And so right. And we lose sight of that because we think it's a metric. And yeah, we need to know the metrics. And we think it's a thing, right? Or we, we think it's the next app or the this, whatever I need. But the truth is what we all need to do is go stand up, walk over, get in front of that mirror and take a real hard look. Yes. And at that moment to say, am I really, be honest, being the best version of me? Because And if you're not, what does that look like? Who is that guy? Who is that girl? Because if I don't know who it is, it is absolutely impossible to be them, right? Yes. And let me ask you this, because you're now into, you know, your next endeavor, right? The CEO and, and you're building, you know, in the tech world or, you know, and so where, again, how do you see you? Like, because again, we're building this confidence. You have confidence, mm -hmm. you know, because here's another thing. And I want you to speak to this. Because I get this all the time. People read my bio and they go, oh, he played for the pressure baseball. He was an all-pack 10 infielder. He went on to the CrossFit Games. Actually, won, a, won an event at that moment, standing on that box, man. I was number one in the world. Nobody beat me that day. I get to beat my chest. You got pictures, right? It's all great. And I tell people all the time, though, like, you know, and, and we hear it, success leaves clues and all this other bullshit. I'm like, let me tell you something. That guy, he would get his ass kicked in my life today. He is not anywhere near good enough to sit in this chair with you and have this conversation today. Like he was good enough in that moment, but ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't fucking matter what you did prior, if it was good or bad, because yes. I got to recreate this guy again. So how are you continuing and, and driving and recreating yourself to keep at that drive alive? I think it's it's two things. Um, this is a really controversial mentality, and a lot of my even even 
a lot of my friends now don't necessarily agree with me, but I don't believe in accolades. Now, now I say that with a little asterisk because I believe that it's important to recognize what you've done. It's important, you know, saying, you know, thinking that you're nothing when you're actually something is false humility. And that's really arrogance when it comes down to it. But what I mean by that is when you really get down to it, an accolade, in my opinion, like an award for production, if you're a salesperson, you know, all of that, it really is just glorifying the fact that you're not totally crap at your job. And it really is kind of glorifying the fact that you're just not bad. Yeah, yeah, you might be you might be great, but 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 greatness is just not not badness. And so I think it was I used to put these things on the pedestal of, oh, I'm going to get this award. I'm going to hit this number. I'm going to hit this goal. And then when I started doing some of the things that these goals that I had set out for myself, I recognized that A, felt a lot like what the previous level felt like. Uh, it's just a lot more complicated when you're you know doing tens of millions of this than when, when you've got 30 employees instead of one and just infinitely more complicated. And then the, the second thing is is kind of lowering that down to the point to where you can recognize it and acknowledge it, but you don't give it the weight that most people do, which is they get, anybody ever walk, you, you've probably done this, right? You walk into some, someone's office, like a professional's office, and it'll say like the best blank in 2013, you know, and you're like, okay, so you've been off the game for eight years. So, so that's good to know. Um, I don't feel comfortable getting this surgery anymore. So, so you can see that this, you, you, people will give this weight to these accolades of, you no, know, I'm going to chase this trophy. And then that's what they live in, right? It's 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 the the ex professional athletes that the only thing they can talk about is the glory days, right? Or the or even I guess even more so the college athletes were the only thing they can talk about score. And uh, not to diminish an award or accolade, but I think when you eliminate the weight to say, okay, I appreciate this moment and I'm recognizing this moment and I'm present, and tomorrow it doesn't matter. That's really important. Like what you stated, I totally agree with that. And then the second thing, and this is much, much, much harder for people to do is you have to legitimately stop thinking that you are the greatest thing on earth. You have to stop being egotistical. And you know, it's like I said at the very beginning, that's not a falseness of humility. I'm just a guy that likes to work hard. That's it. I do two things. I'm not horse shit at my job and I work really hard. And that's really what it comes down to. And you have to start walking around with the mentality of, I'm actually not as great as I thought I was. Everybody says, oh, well, you're... Uh, what was your phrase earlier? You were talking a little bit about how you're um, not qualified. What was that phrase? Do you, you remember what you just said? Uh, you had said like you're you're gifted or you're enough or I mean, I guess I guess in general we can just kind of blink it under all those terms, right? We hear that as a motive in motivational. You know, you're enough and you're gift. Actually, you're not enough and you're not inherently gifted. And 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 if you think that's not a negative statement, that's a reality. Which is if I wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm not uniquely enough just by existing. And I don't have capability just by existing. And it starts to empower you to go, okay, if I don't meet the mark now, what specifically do I need to enact in my life in order to make sure that the mark is met? And if you recognize that I'm not innately just amazing, then it starts to give you that mentality of, well, then how do I get there? And so I think as a a kind of a wrap up on that statement, the three things, I guess, action items, as you would say, is you have to eliminate a validation as being a trophy. Recognize it for what it is. Take peace in that moment. Celebrate it. If you just got your your Series A funding, hey, freaking congratulations. Pop the champagne. Tomorrow, get back to work. That's the first thing. The second thing from there is to really recognize that humility and that you're not innately 
amazing just because you exist, but that humility, recognizing that you have to apply yourself to actually hit that level of amazing or whatever it is, whatever word you want to put in there, um, gives you the power to, to truly do that work. And then the third piece, which I didn't touch on, but I think it's innate, is, is uh, just shutting up and listening. I love, I, I touched on this before from a culture standpoint, but I, I just, I love listening. Some of the greatest ideas were given by people who were arguably people that would inevitably be overlooked, maybe in a, a, a professional hierarchy or something like that. And um, when you can combine those three things, it's it's a pretty powerful recipe, I believe. Yeah, that's that's very well said. And I think that we have a lot of that. I, I do talk a lot and I use the word unique because I do believe we all have our own unique blueprint. I agree. But the blueprint, I totally agree. The blueprint is only, but we have to now dig inside to unleash it, mm-hmm. right? We, it's, it's not just going to come out, right? You're not just going to look. I am that guy that, that, that believes again. And I said this before, uh, I don't know if it was pre-show or during this one is that, look, I believe that if I'm willing to learn, there's nothing that can't be accomplished. Mm-hmm. Now, do I believe I'm going to read one book and now all of a sudden I'm, you know, Elon Musk, like, no, that's not how it works, right? Sure, like, sure. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it doesn't work that way. But if I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to adapt and work on the skills that it's going to take to get there, then nothing is, everything is possible. It's just a matter of what I truly want to do, right? And so yes. I want people to, to take what you just said, because it was, it was very, very well said, is that you are unique, Mm-hmm. But that's not enough to just, you're, oh, I'm unique. Great. No, no. Now I have to right. unleash it. I've got to dig in. I've got to unleash that uniqueness into the world because we need it, right? Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, I said, look, the reason why we built this, for one reason, one reason, because I truly believe the world needs the best version of you. Not the shitty version that lives right now. Not the one that's driving through McDonald's. Not the one that sleeps in. Not the, you know what I mean? Like, not the one that's blaming his mom and his dad or whoever or me yep. right, for, for their problems. That's not the <laughs> sure. yeah. Like, the world needs the best version of you. Yes. And that's how, by you being the best version of you, you right now being Evan, the guy that we get to talk to today, the guy that people that get to see, like, you don't have to set out to inspire right? You don't. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I've, as long as you keep being the best version of the you and you keep striving and you keep going, people around you are going to see that. And you are going to automatically inspire them. Automatically. Yes. You're like, oh shit. Right? Mm-hmm. And yes, that's the beauty of this, man, is that we're, we're so busy feeling as if we need like somebody to give me something or, or, you know, the, the whole, you know, they're entitled to it because, you know, blank fill in the blank. <laughs> There's a great quote from, from Kobe Bryant that, that actually I was on a call this morning and the gentleman said, and I, just the beginning got me. And he, it, it, the, just the beginning, he said, I have nothing in common with lazy people who are blaming everybody else, uh, all their problems on, on everybody else. Yes. Like, like I have, I have nothing in common with them yes. because I'm going to go out and create mine. I'm going to yes. go out and, and fill it. And that's what you're saying, right? Like that's what you're, you're doing that. And man, you've brought so many wonderful things. You can, you've, I have a part of the show that I call quick hitters and sure. you've literally, well, first of all, you, you hit, you hit one of them very succinctly, but, but, but it's worth touching on again. So I'm going to use that one last. Cause I, cause I, cause you've already touched on it. <laughs> sure. Sure. Part, 
Yeah, you'll you'll see what I mean. And this is it's just a word, and I want to know how it hits you and what it is. So the word, the first quick hitter word today is impact. And when you hear that word, mm. how does that hit you, and, and what impact do you want to have? I think what what hits me is a question of if I were, or I guess rephrase to the listener, if you were to die tomorrow, God forbid, don't wish that on anybody, but if you were to to leave tomorrow who would speak about you and what would they say if they were not family and friends and acquaintances, right? So I guess the impact to me is who that does not know you personally would have something to say and what would they say? Impact can be positive or negative. Some people are a little twisted and want to have a really, really bad impact on the world, but it would be a great impact just in a negative way. As some people are really, really positive. Most people I think are positive and want to have a positive impact. I think impact really comes down to that statement of if you remove family and friends and acquaintances, people that actually know you, uh, what do people say? Or even get, get out of the, the morbid narrative about, oh, you died tomorrow. Let's just say just in general, you remove those people. What, what, what did they say? Uh, to me, I, I want people to say that I was able to, to impact their life in some form or, or, or fashion, or, or should I say, because I don't want to use the word twi- uh, twice, uh, develop something that that has a, a, a positive shift in their life, which allows them to, again, going back to my three, right, inspiration, fascination, motivation, which allows them to be a little bit more productive, a little bit more succinct, a little bit happier and tap into some of their own giftedness through some of my labor today. That would be my goal of what that looks like to your listener. You know, you're listening to this. It, it would be different for you probably because it's different for everybody. But I believe that that question is a really good way to begin because when you, a lot of the things that we do, we justify, to use your word again, Conversations do come full circle, don't they, Jeremy? Uh, we, yeah. we justify obvi- uh, oftentimes a lack of larger effort because we have a really positive uh, a positive impact, use the word again, on a very small group of people. And there's nothing wrong with that. I know some people that are really great and they work with nine people. But if that's not what you want, again, responsibility, you have to decide and commit to what you want. If you want to be great with a very small people, people say, my life begins and ends with my children. And all I'm going to do is work with these three people here. And hey, that's a very noble thing. That's fine. Just decide, commit, and then be disciplined in that. And I think that goes back to that word of, of impact is, is what do you want that to look like? Very well said. And we're going to go here again. Discipline. Uh, How does that factor into your life? You, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, discipline goes, I mean, it's, it's what, what type of harvest do you want to reap? And uh, how do you want to confront your reality, right? I, I want my I want to confront my reality as much as possible without my reality confronting me, because confrontation in general is not necessarily positive. And, and if my reality, my environment is confronting me, probably means that there were some decisions that should have been made differently previously. So discipline, I like Jocko Willink a lot. He says it well. Discipline equals freedom. The the only things in my life that have ever come out. Uh, that have been positive and sustainable have been on the back of really consistent discipline, usually done in the darkness and then seen light. That's what I would say comes down to discipline, just the statement of uh, how do you confront your reality, right? Do you want it to to hit you or or do you want to confront it? And I choose to to run a little little more head on (laughs) with that one. (laughs) I love it, man. I love it. So I think that is the the gist of of this conversation is 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 a few things, right? Is is understanding that that we do justify it, but we can do so by confronting our reality. That's where most people are running. I, I, it, it's such a strong statement for you. And again, if somebody goes and, and looks at the things that you've done and, and re, again reads your bio, it's very easy to see success, right? Because it's there's there's a lot of it. But the truth 
is the discipline. It's confronting my reality every day, willing to work hard, not looking for the accolade, not looking for some trophy at the end of this thing, right? Like, because again, they, they, they truly don't matter. And, and, yeah. and that is, that I could not, I mean, I agree with you and I want people to truly understand that because there's so many people that are running after this fake gold, yeah. right? They're running after something that, that really doesn't exist because our fulfillment, right? Yeah, I think that the, to your point there, we talked about roadblocks a little bit earlier, but a roadblock is something that can affect you, not the victim mentality. Sometimes life literally happens to you and you're not a victim, but you're like, wow, I am really affected. Uh, 2020 is a great example of it. But but sometimes life happens and, and things have to shift. But the second component to that, which is really the the reasoning behind why I recommend not putting a lot of weight on some of those accolades or some of those those goals, chase the goal, but don't have the goal be your idol, right? The idol is the thing that you put in front of all else. And so the reason for that is, is that a roadblock can just as well be something that's in your path as it is something that you pay your attention to because your body goes, your life goes wherever your eyes are. So if you're focused on that one thing, you're going to go towards it. But if that thing's in your rearview mirror, then that's where you start to regress. That's the plaque on the wall, best blank in 2013. That's that's where you start to have that type of regression. Have it in, in front of you, but understand that instead of, I, I, I like this representation of a, a goal really being elastic instead of the, oh, my goal is this blank number. You know, I go by the phrase, what you earn and how you earn is just as important. So now that I'm here, how specifically am I going to earn that back at 80% effort and then 60%? You know, you start to develop this kind of elasticity to where that's not the end all be all because the worst thing that can happen is use your example. Well, hey, I made it in the big leagues back here. And it's like, well, man, now you're 300 pounds, you know, like we can't talk about that anymore. And so uh, I I think that goes back to that word of discipline, but also recognizing that uh, it's discipline not to be distracted and not to have those roadblocks be self-inflicted as as much as possible. Yeah, that, yes, discipline is to eliminate the distractions. And we, there's so many in front of us today. You know what I mean? Like with, with what, it, with what is in our fans every day, what's in our pocket, what's in our yeah. fingertips is that it's just a moment away from distraction and it's built that way. Right. Mm-hmm. It's sure. literally built that way. Right. The, sure. the slot machine is, you know, every single one of those apps is a slot machine where you're just scrolling to find the thing that drops your dopamine. Mm-hmm. How do we create, you know, again, so, so, so rather than, get caught up in, you know, again, those distractions is truly, and again, maybe, maybe you could speak to this before we go. Cause I, I, cause you're, you have such clarity on who you are and what you want. And I think that there's a, I think that there's a missing piece for people is that we get caught up in, and a lot of it comes from your childhood and what a teacher said or what your mom said, or an aunt, uncle, cousin, whatever and we believe this about ourselves, but you have a different sense when, when we just, when we, when you talk about those things. And so where does that type of clarity of who you are come from? I think that comes from actually everything we've discussed. I believe that clarity on yourself comes from having to face yourself. It, it, it comes from, but, but, it, but when you face yourself, it's, I said that 
you're not just innately amazing because you exist. I do believe just like you, Jeremy, that, that we're all uniquely created individuals, right? We're all uniquely, truly uniquely gifted. There are strengths that you have that I don't have and vice versa. And, and, and everyone listening to the show has their own unique personalities. It's being okay with all ends of the spectrum. I am simultaneously okay with the fact that I've succeeded in some areas and failed in others. I'm simultaneously okay with the fact that there are some people who like me, there are some people who don't. I'm okay with the fact that I'm disciplined in some areas and really lack discipline in others. I'm okay with the and when you when you it's not being complacent because a lot of people stop there. Well, I'm okay with the fact that I'm undisciplined. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you can confront your reality in a non-emotional way, right? Because a lot of people and hey, you know what? Sometimes we need the like David Goggins in the mirror, like, you know, you get up. But but I think for most of us, when you get down to the day-to-day and you get out of the hype, it really comes down to just being able to have a true and honest conversation with yourself, right? So I don't have a weight problem necessarily. I'm not big, but I was always really rather small. So one day I looked in the mirror and I said, how do I, I literally, I was talking to myself, I was asking myself these questions, like how do I expect my company to grow? I can't even maintain my own discipline in my health. How can the health of my finances grow if I'm, if I'm spending it? I, I was starting to ask myself questions, which gets a little more existential, but it's important in the conversation. Like who else other than myself profits from my decision? right? That's an incredibly important question, right? Who else other than myself profits from my decision? What's the product in this conversation, right? Mm-hmm. If you can't define the product, you probably are the product, right? Things like that. And you start looking around and then and then it's, hey, using your example, I'm off most social media. If you go to my website, evanstewart.co, you can find me in four places. That That's it. I don't answer DMs. I'm, I'm sorry for people that are trying to get, get, get in touch. I'm, I'm really hard to get in touch. Why? Because I want to protect that time because I didn't used to have that time protected. And I started asking myself, if I was comfortable with that in a sustainable manner. And so you start asking yourself some of these hard questions and being okay with the answer in the moment, which gives you the freedom to change it. Hey, I don't like necessarily how I look and I know I can do better. So I'm choosing to do better and therefore I'm going to do better. And that's the beginning and end of that discussion. It's not a giant middle finger to myself. It's not a a recognition that we're suck or that we great. It's just a conversation. And so really, I think at the end of the day that when you can have that type of dialogue with yourself and adjust it gives you a really intense understanding of who you are, what you're about, and how you move. But the big key there is you've got to be okay with it. Because a lot of people say, oh, I'm this way. Gosh, I wish I wasn't this aggressive. Gosh, I wish I wasn't this. You know what? Be okay with it. If there are bad habits that you have to change, have the self-insight to say, this is a bad habit that I need to change, right? But be okay with the fact that you're there and it gives you the power to adjust and it gives you the back to the confidence piece. It gives you the confidence to say, um, I don't need everyone to like me. I'm in business to do business, not to make friends. I respect other people's opinions, but it doesn't mean I have to take it to heart. And I also recognize there are strengths that I need and there are weaknesses. There's strengths that I have and weaknesses that I, that I have and I'm, I'm going to adjust. And when you're in that place, it's like breaking out of the matrix. It's like, wow, I'm a whole person and these are the things I'm comfortable in and these are the things I aren't. And, and it, 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 that's the conversation that a lot of people are scared to have, right? And I get it. Because sometimes yourself or your gosh, it means confronting some of those shadows and chains that you've had in the past for 28 years. And that thing that happened way back there, you really don't want to talk about, but it's eating away at you, right? There are things that you don't want to address, right? It's not the fact that your business is failing. It's the fact that you're cheating on your wife. And that's really why you can't get your finances in order because you can't get your house in order, right? It's not the fact that you're not healthy. It's the fact that you're not willing to take the steps necessary because you're more concerned about what the people in the gym think about you when you walk in and you're overweight than you are about the fact that you're going to die when you're 55 and you're not able to pick up your grandchildren, right? It's, it's things like those hard realities that most people don't want to have. I not to live in a complacent hallucination. I choose to live in the stark reality, which is that my life is a certain way 
and I recognize that and I accept the reality and at the same time, it empowered to change. So a little bit of a long run around a short walk type of answer, but hopefully that gives clarity and, and a little bit of action if you're listening to this, not a judgmental statement, just if you're listening to this and you feel like you're there, it's that simple to do something about it. It just takes the incredible openness to be in a quiet room with yourself and be willing to listen to your own voice in that reality. Man, Evan, I could do this all day long. <laughs> There's so much gold and Listen, I, we are, I'm grateful that you took the time. Um, again, I know that your time is precious and, and what you're building and what you're doing is important. So we're, we're, again, thank you so much for being here and sharing not just your story, but your insights. And again, confronting our reality, you know, not being afraid to really, really take it head on, right? Because it's, it's going to hit you one way or another. You either go out there and confront it or it's going to come around the back and, and get you, right? Right, um, right. Living, living to our own truths is is so important. Getting clear, I, you know, just getting clear on who we want to be, and and that's really what what this is all about, man. And, and you're a living, breathing example of it. So I appreciate it, man. Thank you for being Thank here. You. Happy to be here, my friend. Thanks for for having me on. Well. EvanStewart.co will be in the show notes. <laughs> so if you ever need to really, truly get a hold of them. Uh, yeah, you can find me on one of my two social medias. So. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to find them, man. We're not making, again, don't make it easy. I, I, I love that idea because you got to protect your time because it's the, it is the only commodity that once you spend it, you can't get it back. So we're grateful that you spent yours with us, man. So again, once again, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, guys. And so until next time, get out there and be the best version of you. Subscribe to Optimal Self wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more information on how to be the best version of you, visit OptimalSelf.today and follow at OptimalSelf1 on Facebook, at Optimal underscore Self on Instagram, and subscribe to Optimal Self on YouTube. Thank you for listening.